Welcome to the Gray Area Podcast. This is Mike Marks. This is Omar Salim. And this is Afro Dan. And we here at the Gray Area Podcast, we want to start off by honoring the victims of uh, a hate crime that happened uh, last Tuesday. Terrorist attack, if you will. Uh, There were eight shooting victims. Uh, Unfortunately, they did not make it. So I want to honor their names right now. Uh, Soon C. Park. Hyung J. Grant. Suncha Kim. Yong A.U. Delania Ashley Wan. Paul Andre Michaels. Yao G. Tan. And Dao Yu Fang. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. And we want to make it very clear that we condemn the actions of uh, the terrorist, the serial killer, if you will, that murdered those innocent people. It's 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 really a shame that something like that had to happen. You know, Asian American violence has been escalating steadily since our former president decided to call the the coronavirus the Kung flu and the China virus. Oh man, the 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 hate. I've mentioned it before. Um, Asians get a lot of hate. Uh, very. Uh, what is it called? Uh, passive aggressive type stuff on television and commercials and things like that. Things that are passed off as jokes that I don't think, you know, would be considered funny by those groups. Um, more recently that I can remember is like within the last year, there was a commercial for like a, a green tea drink or something like that. And the guy's like on the mountain sipping the tea, you know, the Asian music is, you know, music is in the background, things like that. And I'm the whole time thinking like, if you did that to any other group of people, You'd be up in up in arms, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it does happen in other ways. Sometimes it's you know a little stretch to say that it's like a racist thing or whatever. But a lot of times there are things that are done um, that I'm sure the Asian community is not you know too happy with. And like we mentioned prior to, prior to recording, a lot of times these things are done, and there's you know there's no sympathy or empathy for these groups of people. People, or rather, people are desensitized. And don't think that, you know, this stuff is, you know, uh, not uh, uh, racist or, you know, racist in nature. For example, you know, you see someone who's Asian, you automatically assume that they know martial arts. You know what I'm saying? And that's been something that's been going on for a very long time. Yeah. And it still plays out in a lot of things. I mean, you have, you know, whole movies that are made. And that's one thing. It's one thing to appreciate, you know, the culture. But I think there's a fine line between appreciating the culture and then also, you know, making it cool for someone, not even cool, but making it, making someone think it's okay to say something like the Kung flu because yeah. that was one idiot saying that, but and look at the audience that laughed and yeah, clapped their and hands. Let's be, you know let's I mean? be fair. Like we're not blaming Donald Trump for that. Oh, not at all. We're not blaming at any point in time. Are we blaming him for this specific attack? Right. Cause there was a, a fake Facebook post that was circulating about that. However, to your point, he said what he said, and then his legions just regurgitated it mm-hmm. to the masses. So, like, he said it a couple times, and, yeah, they were laughing and joking, and some people even, you know, made shirts with the Corona uh, beer logo. Right. And uh, it said COVID-19. Some people like the uh, the sheriff mm. that, uh, how did he describe this event? What did, what did he say about so, the suspect? So, the sheriff's name is uh, Captain uh, Jay Baker. Yeah. Captain. This this is the leader. This is like this is a guy who's in charge of other people. 
Yeah, so this is a, a sheriff in Georgia in Cherokee County. Which, or, by the way, is the location of the first of three crime scenes, by the way. So three is important, and I'll get to that mm-hmm. later. So this man uh, has a public Facebook post where he's sharing uh, that he purchased a shirt that says COVID-19 uh, imported virus from China. Saying, yeah, like I love this bottle. shirt. Yeah. It, it's a parody, obviously, on Corona. But it's saying that, you know, this is the Chinese virus, right? Right. Regurgitating the same shit that Donald Trump was saying. So we're not blaming him, but, like, let's be fair. Like He it, did nothing for Asian-American relations. Let's put right, it like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> not, yeah, nothing at all. So if we're going to be unbiased about it, like, he did say that and his followers did regurgitate that. Now, why is it important that Captain Baker posted something like this? Because... You know, normally, yes, that's wrong, and we should condemn that, but there's some extra significance there because, like like I said, this was the area of the first crime scene. So, uh, Mr. Baker decided to speak out about the horrendous acts. I wonder if uh, Mr. Baker would be uh, invited to the last week's episode with to Papa John and... Uh, all them guys, Myers Leonard and yeah, all the other unemployed left, motherfuckers. He left the N-word party and decided to put out this quote. He was pr- he referring to uh, domestic terrorist Robert Aaron Lang, who was the shooter. Say that, say that name again one more time. Robert Aaron Lang, the domestic terrorist racist. Serial killer. That, serial killer. Serial yeah. killer that, that committed this heinous hate crime. And real quick, before you go into his comments on... Uh, the terrorist, just to, to make you know light of why I want to say his name. Because so many times with the victim blaming that goes on, the name of the person who committed the atrocity mm-hmm. kind of gets forgotten and lost. Mm, that's true. And that's, I think, what is happening with Breonna yeah. Taylor. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's not pretend Brett Hankison didn't blindly fire 10 bullets into that house. Right. So when it eventually does go to trial, it's not the Breonna Taylor trial because Breonna right. Taylor is a victim. She's dead. Right. George Floyd, he's a victim. He's dead. It's not the George Floyd trial. It's right. the trial for the murder of George Floyd, the trial of Derek Chauvin. Mm-hmm. And I think if we don't say their names and we just immortalize the victims, history will forget about the people that commit the atrocities. And right. we, we can't do that. And you know why we can't do that? And I'm not saying to... to you know, take vigilante justice, but like if the court system and we know it's failed before, if it fails again in these cases, the world needs to know those fucking names because may they never go another place the rest of their lives where you don't know Derek Chauvin is the guy that killed George Floyd. So when you see a job interview come, come through at some point, inevitably, if that man gets off and you see the name Derek Chauvin, you could put that one straight in the shred bin. Right. You ain't even got to worry about that shit. Unfortunately, hopefully, they don't treat this guy like they did uh, George Zimmerman, who was allowed to go sign autographs and shit like that. Uh, 
But well, let's hope justice is served in yeah, that specific instance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you know, nobody's going to forget that name Zimmerman, though. To your point, nobody's going to forget that name. And all they got to do is I think people to... have, though, bro. That's the thing. I don't know. Oh, no, they haven't forgotten. They they buying his autographs and shit. Well, okay, well, so. I, I, th- I think, well, that's what I'm saying. I think, yeah, I think that's different. He, he's putting himself out there in a way that appeals to races and idiots, just like Donald J. Trump. Well, the, the reason why he's able to do that, him specifically, he wasn't a police officer. Let's just be clear. Stupid laws in the state of Florida allowed him to be free. Yeah, that's true. So, like, it's he is like every conservative's like that's what they aspire to be is someone who can murder a black person and get away with it. Like, think about that. Yeah. That's why they that's why they want autographs and shit from him. Like, they're not getting autographs of these these cops that can like Philando Castile. We know him, right? But like, who's the officer that shot him? Right, right. And that's yeah, my no. fucking point. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Philando Castile is not so, like the image of his stepdaughter, his daughter, whatever. When she left that vehicle after he had just been murdered in front of her, mm-hmm. the fear that was in that little girl's heart at that time, she didn't even know what happened for real. But she's probably going to be traumatized the rest of her life. Yeah. For sure. But what's the officer's name? Yeah, nobody knows. That And that's, and that's part of the problem. You, we can't let history just overlook these people. Like, we need to say their names, too. Because otherwise, their names get lost in history. You got a strong point. And, yep. and, and we talk about this shit on a regular basis. And, and speaking of history, I want to just make it known that, you know, acts of racism and hatred against the Asian American community is not something that has just been around for a few years. This goes as far back as World War One and Two, where shit, they had, what about the had, internment camps? Yeah, where they had literal... Internment camps. Man, all you gotta do is go look at some old Looney Tunes, <laughs> facts, or some old Doctor Seuss books. That's, that's How about that? Yeah, yeah dig it. They, until like, like uh, we we didn't even get to talk about Doctor Seuss. We'll do it later. But there was a character in one of those books that pe- the conservatives are mad that it's being canceled. Mm-hmm. That is an, a racist image of someone from China, and the character's name is literally China Man. Like, hey, man. come on, like the, the mean, fact that that's been going on for like. Th- these that, books are 60 years old. Now that I think about it. And it was, now you got a generation of people using Chinaman as damn near a slur for Asian people. I wonder who, I wonder how old Donald Trump was 60 years ago. Was he old enough to be reading them books? Hmm. Yeah, how about it? And, and you know what's crazy? A lot of it does get uh, overlooked. Um, and I had a discussion with someone who was of Asian descent about this. And I think that, from my perspective, I think that Asians, Hispanics, and things like that don't seem to in the mainstream have as much of a problem with these things as African-Americans do and other groups of people. When, when I, you, when you say don't have problems with these things, what do you it, mean? not, not outwardly. Like obviously there's, you know, people, you know, speak on it, but we don't really see the issue. It's always a black and white issue. Got you. you know I, okay. That, always, I was that's, just, that's that's a, yeah, I was that's just asking for yeah. clarity. Cause yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, they still have yeah, problems, yeah. That's okay, that Cle- makes clearly sense. everybody, you know, a lot of people have problems, of, you know, but it's not as open or as in the mainstream as, you know, the black and white problem, so to speak. And but I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's just a thought. There's so much of them that have their culture, their language, you know, history, things of that nature. Um, African Americans. Well, I think part of it probably would be that this country was kind of founded off of like oh that too. But like you think about it, like back when they were building the railroads, like mm-hmm. they used people from China as cheap labor, like they paid them. Right. But like. The other people building the railroad weren't being paid. Right. So, That's like, they're, while they were still being mistreated, 
there were levels to the mistreatment. That's, and that's what I'm saying. So every city you go to, there's a Chinatown, Koreatown, things like that. You see it in Philadelphia, you know what I'm saying? So I think that there will be a little less angst towards America when you still have opportunities, still have your culture. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's, I would argue that it might be a little bit better for the Asian and Hispanic communities than African-Americans in the mainstream, of course, because if you know anyone, there's a lot that's going on that, you know, is, is messed up. You know what I mean? Um, because I always, I've always wondered, like, why it's always black and white, always black and white, black and white. Nobody talks about the Hispanics in, in, in and I think I think part of it Asians. is the percentage of people. That too, yeah. And um, black people make up a larger percentage than Hispanics do. Mm. But I really think it all goes back to, like, the way that people were treated. Like, some people were treated bad, but some people were treated way worse. And then there's a history of it, mm-hmm. and then, like, it doesn't stop. So, like, when you see images of people being hosed down in the 1960s, Right. Okay, like a generation and a half ago. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing a lot of images of Hispanic people getting right. hosed down. Like it's black people and, and whoever was with them. And what else we don't see on the flip? We don't see the alliances between Asians and blacks and, and Hispanics and blacks. No, you know why? Especially in those 60s and e- 70s. Exactly. And that's that's because, see, I had an epiphany. And basically, I realized... And it's going to feed right into Dan's point. We're going to go full circle here so Dan can talk about fucking uh, Captain Dumbass right. of Cherokee County. Yeah. Uh, I think that people have empathy. Remember I said that people don't have enough empathy? I don't mm-hmm. think that it's that they don't have empathy at all or not enough empathy. I think we are conditioned to only feel empathy towards people we can kind of see ourselves in. Absolutely. So if you haven't been in a situation, it's harder for you to show empathy. But you made the point, Omar, like if you saw someone homeless, like you can have empathy for someone who's homeless. You can kind of figure out how that might feel. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So I say that to say this guy clearly showed empathy. But he didn't show empathy to the victims. Right. He showed it to the terrorist, the serial killer. One more time, Dan. What's his name? I I almost don't want to say this piece of trash. His name again, Robert Aaron Lang. Robert Aaron Lang. He's a serial killer. He is a terrorist. He's a murderer. He's a piece of shit human being. Yeah. I'm sorry, Robert Aaron Long. I'm dyslexic. I wish we had video for the fucking stare that Mike Marks is giving to me right now. It's long, not lang. All this time. So this is what I get for letting Dan look shit up. I, I told you, I, I warned you before the podcast, I'm not good at reading y'all white names like that. White. All right. <laughs> anyway. All right. This, for some context, one of the victims uh, is is a white man, and uh, Dan mispronounced his name the first time he read the list, which is why he's joking that... He doesn't know how to pronounce the names for context. We're going with that now, right? Yes. That is 100%. I don't need to like, spell check, yes. double check. All right, cool. <laughs> we can do Wheel of Fortune. All right, it's, it's not like the cello incident, right? Right. We good? We move past that? We got it? Cello. Right. Afro cello Dan. <laughs> uh, it's a direct quote, so you can't even hate me for it. Um, I still can. Anyway. 
Yeah, so this is the this is the quote. This is the terrorist. And and this is uh Captain Baker's uh statement. Okay. So he was pretty much fed up and kind of at the end of his rope. Yesterday was a really bad day for him, and this is what he did. That's an actual quote from someone representing the city's sheriff department. It is where this go- mass murder happened. Well, where it started because then he went about 30 miles down to Atlanta. But this is the first initial crime scene. This man said he had a bad day and this is what happened. First of all. So hey, I guess I can go, you know, you ever have a bad day. I, I've had plenty of bad days. I feel you. How many people you killed? Oh, I man, nobody. None, not a single one. Nobody. I, you know, I don't know. Man. I've been killing these niggas every day. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We giving you the extended one. Hold on. You got to wait. <laughs> Long ass fucking moon crickets. Yeah, well, that's that joke was trash. Anyway, yeah, but uh, I'm up to about zero kills. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm the teammate you don't want in Call of Duty. I ain't got a single kill yet. Like, I've had plenty of bad days, but I ain't. That's but see, that's it's it's crazy because, like you said, you know, it doesn't take much for somebody to have empathy. You know, any situation, any any listen. How if I saw anybody die, or if anybody died on my watch, so to speak, or something like that. You should feel bad. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a damn who they are. Yeah, but like, how tone deaf are you to empathize with the fucking wrong person in a situation where people died? Like, how Like how? How does one come to that decision? Dude, is it a conscious it decision, or is he just like, I feel bad for this kid, man. It's, it's conscious and poor, subconscious. Poor kid. It's like, both, man. It's, 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 that's what's ingrained in the moral fabric of this country when you think about it. These people, these type of people that will say something like that, They've been around from the beginning. They're the sons and the grandsons and great grandsons of those who used to hang people. And we, t- to have we, we talked about why the police exist. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. To have who, that who mindset. Who created the police? He's having a yeah. bad. They were day. slave catchers. Yeah, it was it was white people Facts. that created an entity to go chase down and find black people, and we are surprised how that that's what they still yeah. do. Listen. Like this is it's so frustrating because you we're in a nation that was completely founded by all white people. But but who and, built and, it? Uh, the, that's all slave labor. Oh okay. Yeah. What what definitely. what race were the slaves? What color? Were uh, they? they were not white. I okay. can tell you that much. They definitely were white. Yeah, but, just um, making sure. So it, you you have you have this nation that was built off of slave labor and had all white people in charge, and they want you to believe hundreds of years later that all the other races are capable of all these horrible things, and and they have all these negative things about them. Mm-hmm. But when a white person does something bad. It's quick, because quick they it were at the end of their rope. They were backed into a corner. They they normally would never be capable of such an atrocity. Facts. Like, what, first of all, when I have a bad day, now hear me out for a second. When I have a bad day, I just go home. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. You, you feel me like, well, well, let's what? Be, well, let's be clear, though. This guy, see, that's, what, that's what's so crazy about the statement of him having a bad day or whatever case is. This guy went to those establishments before. You understand what I'm saying? He went there for their services. So he goes back to, I think a lot of these these type of situations have a lot to do with how that individual feels about themselves. This terrorist, you know what I'm saying? Uh, going to these establishments to be Robert with, Long. Robert Long. You go to the establishment. Look, let, let, uh, I'm just gonna keep it real with you. These these white motherfuckers 
have major issues. You know, looking at like I don't agree with you. No, I'm looking because I'm, I'm talking with y'all. These yeah. boy motherfuckers that have major issues that are way deeper than anything that you can pinpoint or talk about right now. It's but, deeply but embedded you know in, the, is, in like, the fabric of this fucking country. Like I said before, legal gun owners, bro. Like something, something about the process Listen, ain't man, right. You got people out here who do crazy stuff, like drop your food on the floor at a Wendy's and put it back in, in, in. You know, what I mean, to serve it to you. My point is the mentality of somebody to do something nasty and heinous, and it goes from something as small as messing with your food at a restaurant to going out and killing people. But when you talk about doing things for no real reason, who are the ones that typically typically doing that type of stuff? What I mean by oh, that well, is, they said he had a reason. What's his reason? <laughs> He's a racist. That's, that's no, that's not it. the reason that they gave. That's oh, he had a bad day. No, I mean, no, that's, no, that's, that's, I think that's, that's, that's a good enough reason for him that, because the official <laughs> reason. Is that he was, like, going after sexual deviance because of, like, how they pressured him into feeling like he needed to do... Like, it's the most ridiculous... Like, Bro. Yeah, and that, that just, it just serves negative stereotypes about um, massage parlors and, and Asian-American women it's working victim and, and sex workers. It's, it's ridiculous. It's literally victim-blaming. But, like, yo, fucking old boy that said the fucking diabetes made him say the N-word, that was a better excuse somehow than this. Yeah, listen, man. He only saying that because he got diabetes, y'all. <laughs> so you, get, you get the drums for good jokes. In all in all seriousness, though, like peep this, right? So I asked somebody. I said, "Yo, so when you look at this situation, right, and you look at what he did and what he had access to, and how they they, you know, described it in the media as like, oh, he's a sex addict. Like, not that rape is better than murder. Like, they're both heinous acts." But, like, if he went in there and raped somebody because he was sexually frustrated, I wouldn't agree with it. He should still get punished to the fullest extent of the law, but I could understand more, how one connects to the other. Than, right, right. How one there, can, there's exactly. a train of thought. He went completely, like, off a cliff. That's what I'm saying. Like, but, I, I, I yeah. could understand how one could connect to the other, but, like, you're sexually frustrated, so, like... You go murder you go, people. Like, someone that I was having a conversation with, my, uh, my brother was like, yo... Like don't don't you know that like porn exists? Like, even if you don't watch it, like, like or you you feel like it's immoral or some shit. Like, okay, but there's like outlets. Like, you don't even need that to do it if you really need like right. get down to the nitty gritty. Like, motherfuckers Just, didn't have that back in like the fucking eighteen hundreds. Like, they had to figure it out some other way. Right. No, so it's, it's but that's what I'm saying. Like to that that my that that mental state of someone to do something crazy to relieve themselves or whatever that is bothering them, so to speak. Why is it okay? Is so so, I guess I'm getting that again. Is these white motherfuckers are crazy? And yeah. I want to be clear when I say white people, I'm but, not talking about all Caucasians. I'm talking about you well, know we know that. white supremacy. I just want to be clear: the ones that are crazy that are crazy. crazy. You can call right. a spade a spade, right? Because when you see the mass murders, very infrequently is it somebody that's not white. Like think of it in recent memory: all these like these huge events where someone that's like shoots up at. a public place. That's what I'm getting at. I can think of one instance, one. Out of all the ones we've heard about, mm -hmm. that was someone who wasn't white, and they still weren't black. So, like, it was an Asian guy, and it was Virginia Tech. Like, almost every single one of these events is a white male. Right. And and these, the same type of mindsets are the ones that jump out of windows when the stock market crashes. These are the same people that, you know what I'm saying? Like, do the craziest things. Like, other races or other groups of people do things because they're poor and just at the, you know, on drugs or something, some other influence, but... We got folks that'll sit there and pray with the people that he turn around and kill. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And then get walked out with a vest on yeah, and get so treated the Burger King. He, you yep, know what I'm saying? He got, so, and, and 
he got bulletproof vests and Burger King. That he got the same treatment Dylan Roof got. And here's the thing. Again, empathy. Why is it right. that Walter Wallace Jr. comes out of his house with a knife in his hand and gets murdered in less than a minute? Come on. But Robert Long can murder eight people on camera in three separate locations across a 30-mile, approximately 30-mile distance in multiple counties, mm-hmm. and he doesn't get shot or harmed in any way. He comes out in a bulletproof vest. Cool. Why is it that black people get bullets and white people get bulletproof vests? Yeah, exactly. That's a guess. <laughs> but that's Who are saying. you protecting we, we know- them from? Exactly. And the whole time, going back to the whole stereotypes and people being um, a racially stereotyped and things like that, goes back to hundreds of years. Let's go back to when media first happened, right? We said this before we started recording that you're talking about empathy and it doesn't take much for someone who is, you know, not homeless to empathize with someone who is homeless. You could, you know, there were literally scholars and, and teachers and doctors and people teaching the American public that African-Americans were stupid. For years. And Asians. I mean, think about who, was, who are always the most proficient in mathematics, you know what I mean? Asians. But that's a stereotype that's been perpetuated through the culture of America. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, even at the games, some of the games, you've got people doing the, the tomahawk chop and stuff like that. There's still a lot of racial stuff that's still embedded. We talk about the Washington National, the football team, the Redskins oh, or whatever. Oh, it, the, so, the team that literally would rather go without a name for two seasons than, right, than give up something else, right? a racist name like Redskins. Exactly. Like, so the racism thing is, is you know, obviously still very deep in this country, right? But then we have it's, to— It's literally built on it. But we got to unpack it and, and think about the people who have been able to— uh, uh, live on a privilege of being white and not have the same stresses put on them. You know what I mean? Going the, back to the mindset of somebody the, the, who would the, jump out the window as soon as they don't have any money or the, they have to end up being like, is, you know. The difference is the people that are white are generally born in neighborhoods where there's more resources. Right. So you have to take into account, like, and something I realized about conservatives, and we're not letting, uh, what's his name, off the hook? Uh, uh, the captain, Captain Dumbass. Captain, captain Baker. Yeah. Baker, Beckett. Be baked. Baker. Yeah, B- captain Baker, who I hope has a lot of bad days with his racist against Asian No, ho- ass. I, no, no, I hope somebody Asian has a bad day and shoots his ass. <laughs> and, and maybe and maybe he'll end up in a hospital and he can understand, hey, that guy had a bad day, so I, I'm just having to be the victim of this person that had a bad so, day. Speaking of which, I, you know. I saw an Onion article, and um, normally something like this would be, I guess, um... Satire, because the onion is satire. Sometimes. Oh, uh, yeah. In most circumstances, it is. But sometimes you read something that's so wild, it's actually true. So they have a picture of Captain Baker, and it says, sympathetic police know what it's like to have a bad day and kill eight people. Right. Like, that should read as a joke, but, like, it's not. That's, that's something that's, that's that actually sad, happened, yo. and that's what's the craziest part about that, is, like, you could actually view that as news because it kind of was. Yeah. But, but watch out for these are the people that are in charge of a lot of things. Yeah, it's people that's in the power. Mindset captain. Of people. You heard captain. That shit? That's captain. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, officer, this is captain. That's what I'm trying to get at. The mentality is on all levels. You got people who were running to a Walmart and talking about their rights and not wearing a mask and flip out. You know, maybe think about the mentality of some of these people, and these are often the people who who uh have that I'm a white, you know what I mean? Like privilege. That white privilege. Oh, this I is got my a- country. I'm an American, red, white, and blue. Those type of people are so, the ones who do all this crazy shit. In LA, there was an ac- traffic accident, mm-hmm. and the man that caused the accident got out and started yelling at the kid that got into the accident with him. 
he and it got heated. There's a video of it online. He, you know, joined the uh, the word party that Papa John was throwing last week. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, anyone care to guess what his profession used to be? Was he a teacher? He was a professor? detective. Wow. Well, see. So there's the the guy running for um, uh, DA in that in that district is uh, going to to look into basically every case he's been a witness on as a result of this if he's and they should. And and again though, like the fact that you need to revisit these criminal cases where people were convicted on his testimony. This dude, how many black people do you think, or or, or black, brown, whatever, whatever race and nationality? How many people or, or do you even think he poor white up? trash? Yeah. <laughs> well, because if he don't see himself in them, if he never grew up poor, if he grew that's, up with some money and that's the some privilege, that, right? He may right. not identify exactly. with them, and I think that goes to show why. Like one of my friends said, you know, the media tries to divide us and all that stuff, and that's why they keep showing videos of black people getting shot or killed by the police. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it and I was like, well, I don't think so because there are plenty of situations like Ryan Whitaker, Tony Tempa, mm-hmm. just to name two in recent history. They got like no national media attention. Now conservatives may have you believe that the reason why those don't get national attention is because it's white people and Police kill white people, too, mm-hmm. which we've talked about. Shouldn't that be a better reason for you to, I don't know, join you know, in? feel like right. that's a right, problem? Right, 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 You know what I mean? Right. Like, well, here's the yeah. thing. <laughs> right. If you have empathy, but not for a guy like George Floyd because he doesn't look like you, Breonna Taylor because she doesn't look like you, what happens when you're a gun owner and Ryan Whitaker gets shot on camera? Mm-hmm. Oh, you might sympathize and empathize with Ryan Whitaker because... That's a legal gun owner. He didn't do anything wrong. He's white. Mm-hmm. He was just minding his business. At 3 a.m. and then a knock and then boom, boom, dead. Oh, he can't. He didn't even have time to comply. He tried to comply. Mm-hmm. And they shot the shit out of him so fast, he didn't have a chance to fucking comply. He started to put the gun in the air and go down. Like they said, he was complying with officers in front of him. The ones hiding behind him started shooting because they were scared. Like, But if you saw that, and it was it was played to the to the general public, like if we didn't talk about it, we probably wouldn't know about it. Right, right. If we didn't do this podcast, we wouldn't know about Ryan Whitaker, and that's what the media wants. Because mm-hmm. what's the biggest threat to defunding the police? Like, wh- what's the biggest threat to the police? Everybody wanting to defund them, right. unity, right? Yeah. If black people and white people want to defund the police, and everything in between, then who's going to stop them from defunding the police? Right. And that's why they don't show it. Mm-hmm. Tell you, man, that, that divide and conquer thing is very real. It's very, very real. Because think mm-hmm. about it. Anybody who's listening, think about your circle of friends, your coworkers. Think about the people you deal with when you go to the supermarket and things like that. At the end of the day, you might be surrounded by people that, you know, you look like or whatever the case is in your immediate neighborhood, possi- possibly, depending on where you're at. But you're connected with all kinds of people everywhere. It's impossible to separate yourself and stick to your own in this country. Now, what is possible is for us to be in that little tube like it's the Matrix and watch TV and then get a whole bunch of information that puts us in our echo chambers and stuff like that. Social media does the same thing. Which is part of the, like, that's one of the biggest parts of the problem. Right. And mind you, I, I'm, I, I, I'll, I'll be super transparent and say I've been said all kinds of crazy stuff throughout my life. Now that I'm older, obviously it's wrong, you know what I'm saying? But this is at a time where Everyone joked on everybody. So you have a joke about Africans, Asians, the whole night. There's a little less sensitivity going on. And I think that, you know, 
There's a time and place for everything. You can joke with certain people in certain places. There right? was a joke on Family Guy mm-hmm. back in the day where Stewie and Brian were flying on an airplane. And Stewie brings along his little bag, and it's full of weapons. And he puts it in the metal detector. I'm sorry, the x-ray machine. And he goes, and he goes over to the person monitoring the x-ray machine, and he sings a Shirley Temple song. Mm-hmm. And they get distracted, and you see his bag full of weapons go through behind them. Mm-hmm. Now, I challenge you to find this scene in any copy of Family Guy that came out after 2001. And the reason why I say that is because it has been scrubbed. You can find it on the internet. Mm -hmm. It's a scene that's available. You can just Google Stewie Shirley Temple. But when 9-11 happened, they practically erased that. Mm -hmm. So when when things happen, people become more sensitive. And, And do you think they censored that from Family Guy? Fox censored that from Family Guy because they were... Worried about how it made Muslims look? Hmm. No. They censored that because of how inept it made the TSA look. Mm-hmm. Who allowed the terrorist attack to happen. Mm-hmm. They didn't give a fuck about the people who were experiencing racism as a result. Just like right. people don't give a fuck about Asians right now. It's it's a shame. They should. Right. People should. But they don't care. They're In fact, it's so crazy. Like I saw a video of this this. 80-year-old woman who basically just got punched in the face for no reason other than she was Asian. Like, imagine any other circumstance where someone who's in their, like, 30s would feel comfortable punching an old woman in the face. Right. You have to be thrown the fuck off to do some shit like that. Or even the the, uh, Asian Hold on, no. Before you go on to the next thing, Mm -hmm. she found a piece of wood and she beat his ass. He was on the stretcher. I'll, I'll send it to you later. Please do. He was on the stretcher. Her eyes fucking swelled up, though. Like, she can't see out that shit. But like any other circumstance where someone runs up and punches an old woman, everybody around is going to beat the shit out of that person. Nobody helped her. That's Kudos crazy. to her for finding that piece of wood and beating the lights out of him because he went to the hospital. That, and that speaks to something else going on in our culture, too. People will stand there and pull the phone out real quick instead of helping. And there's Now, a, there's not a video of this happening. Right. There's a video after the fact right? when he's already on the stretcher. Got you. But, I mean, like, but, but I'm just saying, yeah. that generally speaking, like people, you know, we're losing a sense of community out this joint. You know what I mean? Like, we feel like we still have it because we're connected with people, whether it's, you know, social media, phones, and texts and all that, whatever the case is. But we're losing a sense of community because I guarantee if you sit down and talk with anybody, right, especially if you're forced to talk, if you're on the plane, the bus, or something like that, either you're going to talk to them and engage in conversation or you're not. But it's not going to be you're going to beat the ass. You know, you know what I mean? It's not going to be something crazy. You know what I mean? It's going to be you're going to either have a conversation or you're not. You're going to have to respect for each other being on the bus or you're not. And, but people don't do that generally out here in the world because we're talking to each other through these machines, through these computers and stuff like that. So it's easy for me to say, oh, fuck you. You know what facts, I mean? You cracker, blah, blah, blah. And I, I may have mentioned this podcast ago, but I had a quick story when uh, uh, there was a guy who has a, a page called Don't Scare the Black Children. And all the videos of black people beating people up and all this, all this bad stuff that you can show. My response was, I can show white people doing the same thing. White people will tear down a neighborhood or tear, tear down a, a city after winning a football game. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know where so, that didn't happen, though? Where that? There was a certain city that has a really bad sports reputation where that didn't happen. It didn't happen. Oh, I've been there before, was, too. Was it like, real I nice, it's like Philadelphia? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, look, there it is right there out my window. Yeah. Yep. Looks beautiful, doesn't it? It does. But, and you know what? It still does. And we won a Super Bowl, and it didn't burn down. How about that? It didn't that? burn down at yeah, all. I was in hotel until like 5 a.m. the night they won a Super Bowl. They did destroy the awning, but I've never, never in my life have I seen so many people 
so happy in the same place ever Absolutely. in my life. Of all races, I mean, there I, there was there was no sadness at all, bro. None. In, in any it other was situation, the happiest week of my Cops life. Cops were high fiving criminals, yo. Yo, <laughs> yo, nothing, nothing could have brought the city together like quite like an Eagle Super Bowl win. In all seriousness, though, like in any other situation, if it took me forty five minutes to get th- from three blocks away driving. To yeah, my house, yeah, yeah. I would have been snapping the whole fucking time. Yeah, not that time. I was chilling. Not I was giving time. people dap and high fives. All they see my eagle shit All through the it. window. They were like, "I've yeah. never, like, I'm, you know, I'm, like, if, if, I drink and smoke with strangers, like, bro, they were, they were riding broad on top daylight, of cars, downtown. people. I never seen. It was beautiful. It was just people. But that's the point. Constant. It's all about unity. Now, see, when people get a chance to meet face to face and have a, a, a little stitch of a common ground, like on his videos I was watching on YouTube, mm-hmm. one guy had questions, you know, about the black community, and I would answer him, and I had questions about the white community. But neither one of us were disrespectful to each other, but we had legit questions. At the end of the day, we ended up being the same age, had the same hobbies, grew up in the same era, and we had more commonalities than differences. You understand what I'm saying? And, and that's what they don't want. That's exactly what they don't want. And they even wanted to the point to the point where this is something I'm realizing for myself. Why continue to be mad about all kinds of bullshit? Be aware, understand what's going on, but I can't allow myself to be mad at racist people because I have to have a little bit of empathy to understand where somebody's coming from. So that, I know that, that is, or mistreat them or beat the shit out of them or whatever. Yo, that is one of the truest things you've ever said. Yeah. But also one of the most pathetic things that is a reality. It's sad it's because it's tough to do. It's, it's, trust me, bro. It's, it's you, tough to You, do. somebody who your entire culture has been used, disrespected, yep. and, and taken from you to the point where you have to create your own culture, and then exactly. that was taken from you and exploited and used, yep. and then you are in a position where you have to have the empathy and self-control to not respond Bro, negatively. It's difficult than a mug. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I will say this. As much as I say it's difficult, when and I'm still working on it, but when you get to a point of, you know what I mean, forgetting that, deal with, deal with right there in front of you. You know what I mean? Don't deal with what you see out there. And tell them, because I was a latchkey kid. I can go back to when I was seven years old. I watched a lot of TV, which means I was influenced by the Looney Tunes, seeing the racist cartoons, seeing the stuff in the 80s where black people mistreated, knowing about yeah. Stephen Fletcher, knowing about it, all of that stuff. And I'm nothing but a sum of all my experiences. You know, you know what I'm saying? Other experiences were going to music school, being around gay people, being around Caucasians, Asians, and everybody in between to the point where I see some of these people today Thirty years later, it's like, yo, what's up? You know what I mean. So I was fortunate to have those experiences, and I'm old enough to see how mainstream media, social media, allows us to 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 be the way that we are. But there's so much money to be made in us being separate. There's so much power to be had in us being, you know, we uh, torn apart. And pride and ego gets in the way too, because. A prideful person might be like, man, F that. Such like you just said, all that stuff that happened to us, man, forget all these white people, blah, blah, blah. That'd be that'd be real prideful for me to want to be in a situation where I can look down on somebody else. You understand what I'm saying? And even though I have good reason to dislike or or hate something, it'd still be kind of prideful just to 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 relinquish that power. You know what I'm saying? To be like, yo, F you because of, because of whatever. I don't know, man. I think people need to travel. <laughs> yeah. When yeah. people travel and see and, and talk face-to-face with people and then look at our country from outside looking in, we'll realize that a lot of stuff is false. A lot of stuff that we grew up thinking was a reality is not a reality out here. Well, as Dan 
so eloquently put it, like the first podcast we did, history is written by the victor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and true. white people made sure that they were in charge the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all did. <laughs> oh, I ain't been in charge of shit. <laughs> you seen the people I hang out with? Jeez. Barely. Oh, man. But, you know, to, to, to Omar's point, you know, there's that's just that's part of the capitalist culture that has been built, you know, not just here, but around the world where mm-hmm. you maximize profits any way you can. You know, you saw it back when, you know, the Black Lives Matter protest started. You saw everyone suddenly realized that black people existed. Oh, yeah, they were like, right. uh, no more Uncle Ben and Aunt Jemima. Like, yeah, that's what we wanted. We wanted police yeah. to stop killing right. people, but good start. Right, yeah. right. Or, you know, they will also, uh, you'll see these, you know, billion-dollar corporations cutting costs to try to, you know, get around paying people or, or providing things for people. And speaking of that, I want to touch on this. Uh, the NCAA is a whole piece of shit. Hold, so, hold on. Before we get into that, we just want to, again, condemn the hate crimes against anybody. Mm-hmm. But specifically, if if you you are not Asian yourself, but if you have friends that are, check in on them. Make sure they're doing all right because yeah. right now, this is a pretty fucked up time. And, I, and one more thing before we switch to the NCAA because they're going to get it too. But remember, we're, when we started talking about this, I made a point about the number three and why that's important here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you bring that back. So you're, if anybody's wondering why uh, I've called him a serial killer and we and have throughout this. Serial killer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he did commit a, a, an act of domestic terror. Okay. It's a mass murder against American citizens. Mm-hmm. Um, whether his motivations be hateful towards anybody specific, that is not really necessary. It's important to note that six of the people he killed were Asian women. Asian women. That's two. Uh, I just hit my mic. Asian and women. That is two demographics. Not just one, but two demographics mm-hmm. that you could say he committed a hate crime against. Mm-hmm. So, And three different locations, correct? Yes, it was three different locations. Now, when you're defining what a serial killer is, textbook, generally they have victims that have some similarities, right? So a lot of these serial killers from back in the day, they went after, you know, women that were sex workers on the street. Right. They went after, they were, you know, they went after prostitutes, right? Right. That was their MO, was to strangle a prostitute, right? Well, this guy had an MO too, because all of his victims were killed in the same fashion by shooting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what we call, you know, modus operandi. You know, method, method of operation. That's what he did, is he shot. Okay, so all of the victims were killed in the same fashion. Six of them all shared some similarities. They were Asian women. That's a type. Yep. That is a profile, okay, for the type of victim. That's who you would tell. If this man did this over several days, that's who you would tell on the news to, to be extra vigilant. Mm-hmm. Is You would tell Asian women to be especially vigilant and report anything that they see suspicious. That's who the FBI would tell to be careful because that's who he would be targeting, okay? If he was a serial killer that did this over multiple days. Now, the thing about a serial killing is it has to happen three separate times. Well, it did. Because he commit these crimes in three different locations, two of which were like 30 miles from the first one. Mm-hmm. So it's premeditated. You mentioned he visited the places before. It's premeditated. 
He attacked Asian-owned and operated businesses. And he happened to kill two other people in the process because they were there. So the fact that they're not calling this a hate crime, the fact that they have yet to call him a serial killer, but we're very quick to say he had a bad day, that's a poor excuse. And and like I said earlier, you know, they will find any reason to excuse and empathize with a, a white terrorist or a white serial killer. I mean, look, there's fucking Netflix documentaries galore about serial killers. I, I, I can't believe this, the, you can kill fucking 10 people and get a fucking Netflix documentary. Like, what? Yep. Yeah, how about like, that? why the fuck would I would anyone watch Oh, they got shows. That? It's not just documentaries. Yeah. They have shows, yeah. like, like, about series. Ted Bundy. Like, like... That speaks to something too, like you know, there is this uh, what's the word sensationalism around. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, they, they always say that they're, they all they're charming. Also, they romanticize, yeah. romanticize the serial right, killers. Right, 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 right. What, like, what part about picking up a hooker do you need to be romantic to do? Like, yeah. th- like what you just need like twenty dollars? Like what the fuck? That's why are we making it like? Oh, he was so charming. Like no, he killed people that nobody would miss on purpose, and nobody missed them. That's why he was able to do what he did for so long without getting caught. Like why are we? fetishizing and fantasizing about that shit. This is America. Facts. And you know what else? You know what that does? It generates revenue, so why not do it? People yeah. are interested, right? Yeah. And we say that to say, uh, speaking of profits. Yeah, speaking of uh, people trying to generate revenue. Uh, so this went viral over the weekend. Um, the NCAA tournament is happening. Uh, they decided to make two separate bubbles. Rest in peace to everybody's bracket for the men's tournament, though. Yeah, like, that's, that's every shit single got, one of them is done. That Kenny shit Scott, got thrown Kenny off a steel say, cage. Oh yeah, take your bracket, throw it in the trash, sit back and have a Corona. Facts. <laughs> so, oh, and don't get, be one of the teams that gets blown out by Oral Roberts because that's awful. That that should we pause that? No, that's the name. That's the name of the school. There's nothing pause about Oral Roberts or getting blown out by them if you're like Ohio State. To be I mean, fair, I mean, losing to a seed that's that much lower than you is a blowout if they win by a point. Yeah. Because you ain't, you wasn't supposed to lose, so. Yeah, basically. You don't get a pass for only losing by one. You lost. But yeah, uh, continue. Yeah, yeah, but so the NCAA uh, created two bubble environments, uh, like the NBA did almost. <laughs> Oral Roberts. I'm sorry, I'm a child. <laughs> <laughs> so the men's bubble is in Indianapolis, and the women's bubble is in San Antonio. So, you know, you think, all right, that's fine. Uh, except a couple things. Uh, number one, uh, when they uh, this viral video from one of the college uh, women's college students, I believe she plays for Oregon. Yeah, which is a major uh, program in women's basketball in college basketball. Well, I mean, you don't get much more major than the fucking NCAA tournament, but you know. Well, it's like it's like Oregon, it's like Notre uh, Notre Dame, uh, UConn, you know that sort of thing. So she posted a video showing their gym environment. And I'm posting, I'm air quotes out the ass right now. So, Jim. So, the men's, the, the yeah, men's did, bubble did, in Indiana. Somebody named Jim was there. There wasn't no fucking gym there for the women. Yeah. So, the, the men's gym in Indianapolis is a fully furnished gym in this large gymnasium space. Weights everywhere, equipment everywhere. Facts. Room to do whatever the hell you want. Mm hmm. And the women got. One rack of free weights and like six yoga mats. And then during the video, she's like, "Yeah." And their excuse was that he didn't have the space. And then she just moves the camera, and it's like a whole empty gym. It's the same amount of space they could have used, like the other gym that the men had. Like it was, 
Space was not an issue. Money was not an issue. But which tournament do you think is generating more revenue for the NCAA? The men's yeah. tournament or the women's tournament? Probably the men's tournament. Well, like, I couldn't tell you who's who's in the lead in the women's tournament right now. Because they, they, it's not a notification that's ever going to pop up on my phone. But I know Oral Roberts upset like three teams. <laughs> And oh, it, 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 you know, I just so, wanted to say yeah. oral again, right? So it, it so it gets worse. I'm a child, and if I was the commentator and had right. to do an Oral Roberts game, that'd be my last day. I would yeah, just right. be packing it up. Yeah. So it gets worse. So sh- they also show off the uh, still better than that dude last week. The food selection, more air quotes, for the women's. Oh yeah, they had that. that uh, they, so they got, the, the men they got a meal ticket, didn't they? Like well, one of the ones they gave you so, in so public the, school. So right. the men have like full service, like catering, like all this fresh food prepared fresh every day, a wide variety of things. But the by, women. By the way, though, hold on before you, before you describe Philly school lunches, for those of y'all that are too young to understand the ticket thing, before y'all had the thing you could punch your uh, number into, because we had that in like the end of high school. Like you actually got a ticket for each day of the week, and you had to give it to them to get your free lunch. So that's what I'm talking about. Pizza Fridays, baby. Yo, that stuffed crust was nasty, but the crust was good. So the women <laughs> had um, mystery meat, soggy vegetables, and peanut butter and EBT sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm dying. <laughs> As Dan is saying that, he looks over and he wanted to, he wanted to make, get the he like, make, sure, <laughs> make sure you get my drums ready. He had to get ready. the reaction. He knew what he was getting from me. He was making sure. Make sure you get my drums ready. <laughs> uh, no, so, it's pathetic, though. So, it's, so it got to a point. So you would think, you know, it's, you know, this is you know bad. This you know this came out, but you think that the NCAA president, who I'm just going to name blast, fucking Mark Emmert, bitch ass. You think he would come out and be like, you know what, you know, we fucked up. We're going to fix it immediately. This is never going to happen again. Nope. He passed it off to his subordinates. Who went and blamed the pandemic and and uh, okay, uh, okay. time restraints? I, I, again, though, again. So the men's facility had a full gym. You need to go see this video if you haven't. The women's facility had, like, not even, like, the good free weights. Like, they, they gave them nothing. Like, the little dumbbells. The yeah, ones yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah, start yeah. at, like, two pounds. Yeah, that yeah. is what they had. That little-ass fucking weight The Zuma rack. class yeah. joints. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck were they going to do with that shit? Like, these are still athletes. The well, fuck so, so this is the equipment. We got to realize the NCAA isn't shit to begin with when it comes to athletes because... Well, I'm sorry. Let me take that back. Hasn't been shit since maybe the 50s or 60s because there was a point well, in time... Well, it's literally like... What would that one that one uh, parent say? It's like slave labor anyway. Like that's they, all it is. They make money off of that's the backs of the kids and they don't see any profit. Listen, back in it. the day, you can get a scholarship. It was worth, you know what I mean, the amount of money that you... The school wasn't making that much money. There was no television, televised games, and that there. But for those who may not be sports fans, just think about the simple premise. You get a scholarship to go to the school and, and, and between the scholarship... And the opportunity to play on television and have the, you know, I'll play for Duke or I'll play for North Carolina, the chance, the chance to go to March Madness. But when you're a student athlete, you're a student athlete. That means you have no life. Like, you're going to practices twice, especially in these big programs, yep. Division One. You're going to practices all day long. You're not part. You're not having the same college experience. You're like a slave because you cannot enjoy partying. You can't. I mean, you might be a sneak, and, sneak and off and do it. Trouble, if you get in trouble. You get in trouble. It's a You can't play the yeah, game. Yeah, if you get in trouble, it might be national news. Listen, if your coach buys you a taco from Taco Bell, then all of a sudden you're on problem. academic probation the entire program. Exactly. 
People cannot give you no type of money. Like, everything is under the program. It's like being in jail. It's like you have to eat their, the food they give you, they provide for you, all that type of stuff. Speaking of which, though, the, the women definitely did not have the same food experience that the men were having. They really did. Because the men were getting fed, like, actual meals, and the women were getting fed what you would see in, like, school lunches if there was school. Yeah, it's it crazy, COVID. man. Um, Check, yeah. there, there's a documentary called School that kind of touches more on uh, uh, how the schools are making Billions, billions of dollars. The coaches are making millions of dollars to coach, and these students are getting nothing. Yeah, well, because because they don't have hope. to pay them. Exactly. I mean, that's, it's not going to change pay your workers. soon. And exactly. uh, I think California in like a, a couple years. Well, well, some of the law, some of the rules are changing because they are allowed to profit off of like they're they're going to allow the students to get some of the profit from like jersey sales and things like that. Well, that no, not not quite. That's still the school's money of like. Yeah, like the EA sports games, okay, so they're the going to come out with like, like NCAA that, yeah. football. Mm-hmm. They're going to be able to use their likenesses and shit like that, so they'll be able to pay whatever fee EA would pay to the players. I don't know how much. It's going to be something insignificant compared to like what the coaches are making and getting paid, but like it's something. It's a start. It's going to be interesting, interesting to see how the NCAA plays out when people start going to the HBCUs. Instead of going to some of these major schools, but that's another topic for another podcast. There's be a bunch of Christian Leitners just out there punching each other right. on the court. <laughs> Look up Christian Leighton, y'all. He was one of the dopest college ball players. Yeah, he, I hated he, him. He was one of the, like everybody else. He was did. one of the greatest players in Duke history. He was, but there's a reason why his documentary is called uh, "I Hate Christian Leitner. Yeah, because he's a yeah. fucking asshole. Everybody yeah, hates him seriously. But um, but yeah, uh, NCAA treat mistreating women, mistreating athletes in general, in my opinion. Um, but it's gonna be difficult because how do we if if they say hey let's figure out a way to make this fair for our athletes and getting paid or whatever the case is now. What happens to those who play golf, tennis? You know what I mean? Those other lesser, you know. Well, here's the thing about golf and tennis is you can go professional without going to college. Yeah, yeah, true. So (laughs) you can also be like 16 years old and go pro in those sports. Good point. So, like, it's it's different because they're individual. but like Which proves the point that the NCAA, NFL, these collegiate systems. Well, that's why the NBA's G League is now replacing – like you can go to the right. G League and rise up that way. Right. You don't have to go to college because they're considering the G League as a de- a professional development league now. It's not like the, the minor leagues for basketball. It's like an actual development league. And that's part of why you know you see this push for athletes to be able to get revenue because what are you going to do? Get a degree that you're never going to use. You know, ninety nine percent of the time. Right. Or you yeah, what are you going to do with that communications? Degree? Or, or are you going to go right. and make money in the G League for four years? But see. This, this, this and it won't even take that long. Right. Now, as much by, as I, by the way, Sixers, I don't even know the guy's name, but he was the rookie of the year and the MVP at the G League. So there you go. Oh, yeah, Sixers. I saw the notification. When he's one of the oh, 87ers. Sixers, <laughs> Yo, so when, I, when we talk about things like this, I like to take a step back and look at the biggest picture. This is America. Like like we always say, it's a capital, yeah. capitalistic society. And look at what the emphasis is on when it comes to making money, entertainment and sports. You know what I mean? And, I, and I'm saying, I'm bringing this up because I had a conversation with someone the other day and we had like an argument slash debate and I was saying, we have all these entertainers who don't give, who don't seem to give back, you know, in a way that I think will be productive for everyone. Um, and I use Jay-Z as an example, not Sean Carter, because I don't know Sean Carter. Jay-Z, he's like, the quintessential hip-hop figurehead, make half a billion dollars, whatever the case is. Yeah. And I always say, well, damn, if he went back to Marcy and built it up or built a school or something like that, that'd be dope because he has so much influence. So the guy was like, man, but he's making millions. He's hiring people. He's, he is giving back and he has a record label and Rick Ross has a record label and he's providing millions for artists. And I said, that's cool. I said, but think about 
the Asian culture, Indian culture, other cultures, and what they tell their children to do. They end up becoming uh, doctors, computer scientists, things that give back to their community. And he argued with me, well, we got money, but I said, but money is not the end all. I said, when Katrina happened, nobody's rap record is going to save anybody. But a scientist, even someone who's in and, the bushcraft, a nature, a nature person who can help somebody. And we're not criticizing Jay-Z because, we remember, we had that conversation when people were, right. were mad about him for partnering with the NFL. And we kind of said, just let it play out. But, but we both were kind of in agreement. We're not rich like that. Like, we can't. Right. Our decisions are not the same as as the decisions someone with that much money would make. So we're not judging him for that. But like, like if you want to look at the type of character Jay Z has, okay, yes, he helps people. He has paid for lawyers for different uh, artists and all stuff like of, that. All kind of He's done a lot of solid stuff. But like when he went back and it was time to invest in his community, he didn't build up the community. He brought a basketball team back from New right, Jersey and displaced a lot of people. Yeah, and and. And took jobs. You know, he probably gave back jobs, you know, with the arena in Brooklyn. But, like, come on. Like, you just. It's, it's right. not like upended. LeBron James building a school. Right. And that's the point I'm getting at. It's the overall culture. You nah, know LeBron's got to shut up and dribble. That's what Fox News said. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, now the high income. Fox News ain't done a damn thing for anybody except maybe fucking pay them out uh, uh, sexual uh, misconduct fucking funds right. and shit <laughs> right. from yeah, the basically. fucking Bill O'Reilly fund. Listen, man, at the end of the day, it's all about the money. And we have to see that and start to understand this and stop feeding into it. So you know I, have, I have a point That's the to point that. I was getting at. Yeah, <clears throat> so remember I was talking about earlier how I was listening to Philly Sports Radio and people were talking about this specific topic on the radio. And one of the guests called in. He's like, well, why doesn't the NBA just pay the athletes more? The NBA is in charge of the WNBA. And then the host was like, all right, I feel you, but, like, they lose $10 million a year. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a disparity in pay already, but they, on top of the disparity in pay, are also losing $10 million a year to operate this league. Now, I see both sides of that. I can see, like, you should pay the players better. I also see, like, well, you're losing money. But the thing is, and this is just, we talked about this before the podcast, yeah, the saying goes, you have to spend money to make money, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you're wasting $10 million a year already anyway, why don't you try to fucking market it? Right. Like, the biggest problem with Major League Baseball is that if you saw Mike Trout walking down the street or Mookie Betts or maybe even Bryce Harper, you as a maybe casual baseball fan wouldn't even recognize them. That's true. We would, but only because we watch baseball the way we do, Dan and I. I couldn't even envision. I couldn't. Harper, maybe. I couldn't visualize any of those guys you just, at all. And that's my point. Yeah. And Trout is a local guy. Mm -hmm. Trout's a guy you've seen on TV before watching Eagles games. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, if you saw him in the street, you probably wouldn't know who he is. And the reason why is because the MLB fails to market their players. Well, how many WNBA players do you see in ads? Not many, right? But, like, Mm -hmm. I can think of, like, ten different ads where there's a basketball player in it. Absolutely. Like, they're starting to air that Geico ad with Dikembe Mutombo again, mm-hmm. blocking shit in the supermarket, which my girlfriend thinks is hysterical. It is a funny uh, commercial, but it's old. Uh, when she listens to this, she's probably going to put hands on me, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm just playing. But, um, like, there's the Dikembe Mutombo one. You got Chris Paul and, like, the fucking State Farm ads and shit. The NBA markets its players. You know who else you see in the State Farm ads? Aaron Rodgers. Patrick Mahomes, football players, because the NFL markets their players. You know what Patrick Mahomes looked like. If you saw him walk down the street, you would you would recognize him. I'd be like, let me hold Tree Fitty. I will say, um, when did when did the WNBA actually start? 
nineties, late nineties, maybe early two thousands around yeah. that time. And it, that's when I remember it being a big thing because there was a push for it in the beginning, and there was a point in time where you know there were jersey sales and things like that. People knew who Sue Bird was. We knew the connection between some of the colleges, people leaving from Tennessee. And I'm saying this as someone who does not watch the WNBA at all, and I don't follow uh, women's college basketball either. But I knew of certain people because there was a push. Had the same theme music. It was a big thing. 90s NBA basketball was a big thing, too. I feel like they gave up on it. That's really kind of like they were right. It's the point of getting out. I think they success. Right. And I, but if you think with your business mind, yeah, I can see why. Now, there's one thing I have to say that I think is is detrimental to the success of women's uh, professional basketball is when people make suggestions like Tracy McGrady said, yo, lower the court by a foot and make the game more exciting. Some of the, the woman, I forget who she was, but she got mad at it. I, I, she can't speak for all the women in the league, but she at that point in time, she's a representative for the WNBA, and she got upset. They put at that. out a good product. The product's not bad. Like, if you've yeah, ever watched any oh, WNBA house, it's not like the product is bad. If you watch women's yeah. basketball in general, it's a very excellent O, and if you're about the game... It's a very sound game. Yeah, it is a very sound game. Yeah, I, yeah. Would, I would argue it's probably more of, like, how textbook basketball That's would be played hell, hell than yeah. the NBA, because in the NBA, Heck yeah. there's... The guys rely on athleticism, I think, a lot more in the NBA mm-hmm. than they do in the WNBA. Oh, for sure. I, I don't think that, that there's... A disparity in athleticism. I just think that people rely on it more, and you see people with the sound game. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Della Don, is that how you say her name? She she was in the league forever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's somebody who's like Dirk Nowitzki is is a good comparison. Right. Somebody who plays the game smart. Tim Duncan, another player. Like yeah, the big the, not the people. Yeah, not the people that would excite you while you're watching them necessarily, but like. You're not going to sit here and tell me Dirk and Duncan ain't two of the best that ever did it. Right, but that's what you. But listen to what you just said. Excitement. So people want to see these high fly. Everybody likes the extreme. Nobody watches like regular cycling toward the front. They would rather watch the X Games though. You know what I'm saying? Like, and people watched the Spurs win championships, and that was like watching the that's Spurs. True. Yeah, they won. They won a f- quite a few. They won a quite. A, they yeah. did win quite a few. They were a dynasty. You feel me? Uh-huh. And. But they were boring, though. They, they were, but like, it's not like you couldn't watch them. Like, yeah, no I facts. still watched. I watched them in the finals. Right, and to your point, if you market it correctly, you know what I'm saying? Because people overlook some things because of how something is marketed. You know what I'm saying? You have people who will sit there and say, LeBron is the best ever, right? But in the same breath, and this is not me saying this, ESPN analysts will also say Joel Embiid is the best player in NBA right now. Oh, uh, the Greek Freak is the best player in NBA right now. Oh, KD is the best player. You know what I mean? It's so subjective, too. It's, it's very subjective. But when you have the marketing push behind you, people who don't care oh. about it. Someone who comes from— People not in Philadelphia of, know who ex- Joel Embiid is. That's yeah. exactly, he's in commercials. Exactly, he's in Mountain Dew commercials, for exactly. sure. Hulu and he's on Hulu. He's in Hulu. Yeah. yeah. You know, like Lillard. Lillard's another one. He's not even Hulu. talked about much, but he's in the Hulu commercials. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, even uh, uh, the Subway commercials. Oh, they got like Bill Belichick in there and shit now. And, and um and uh, what's man? Sanders. Green, Green, and uh, and Tay, Celtics in, in in Golden State. They have one together. Oh yeah. yeah Subway. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. to your point, they do need to market women more if they want that product to be more successful. Um, I can't speak to because I don't even know girls or women who watch the WNBA. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I something think, has I to think be done. The biggest part of that is that the NBA, like, think about it. When did they start putting logos on the jersey for like ad revenue? That was a couple years ago, right? Yeah. 
And how many are on an NBA uniform? Do you know? One. Yeah. Where's it at? On the upper left chest, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what it looks like on a WNBA uniform? Not at all. There's fucking logos all over it. Right. It's they've been advertising on their jerseys for years. Because they, yeah, they had to do it to subsidize, you know, income. That that's because the NBA has just failed to do anything. And it again, it goes to that guy's point. If it's not doing well, why would I invest in it? Right. Yeah. But at the same time, like if you invest in like if you pay an employee, either let it go or do something with it. Exactly. Right. Right. Let right, somebody right, right, else right, run right. it. If you don't want right. to put the money into it, let somebody else right. run it. Let it just be. You know, let the WNBA take its license. Let somebody else just be in charge of it. Somebody th- else from I, the I, NBA just be in charge of it. I think it would. I mean, I have to look into it more because you know, being as though the women's basketball has been around for a very long, 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 long time. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And clearly, there's a market for it. I think that it'd be difficult for women to argue for more money if they don't have an exciting product. At the same time, when you have a situation where you have a, a entity that can help it because the, the NBA has money and WNBA is, you know, supported by the NBA. Like, let, to, again, let, once again, you know, do me, something to make it better. Let me ask you a question, so, Dan. I don't know. Dan. Yeah. Who's the voice of the Sixers? The voice of the Sixers. Yeah, when you watch the Sixers on TV, who are you listening to? Ala Abdul Nabi. Yeah, and who else? <laughs> um, I forget the other boy name, though. How? How do you forget him? He's the one that's been in uh, forever. Because I like the name Is Ala Abdul. Uh, <laughs> what is it, like J.A. I, I can't think of his name right now. Fucking... I just listened You're to just saying night. people from ESPN. It's Mark Zumoff. Yeah, Zumoff. yeah, Mark right. Zumoff. Yeah, yes, that yeah, guy. Yeah, would a three to tie the game be as exciting if you didn't hear Mark Zumoff scream yeah. yes? No. All right, yeah. so I say that to say, like, who gets the best broadcast? Like, even the best woman broadcaster for the NBA does NBA games. Yeah, Doris Burke. Like she, she's not. I don't know if she's doing WNBA games, but she's doing NBA games. She's a damn good commentator too. She knows the game of basketball, but that's that is that's what I mean. Like, it's it's just there, when you put all your resources into one product that is, or what you consider to be superior, because that's what you do the best. If you're neglecting the other one, like the NCAA clearly neglected the women. It's like you can't expect it to grow, and I think that's. I think it's unfair to be like, well, their product, like, I think that's the biggest issue. Well, their product, is it, is it really, or do you just not ever see it? Because, like, the only time I ever see anything women's basketball is if, like, Sports Center or Bleacher Report posts, like, a highlight, mm-hmm. or if I'm watching ESPN and they're just doing highlights. Like, I don't... But I will I, have to say, I have to ask, rather, so, what, and I don't know the answer to this, but what can be done? Because I say they did put more games on television, for example, to kind of boost it up, you know, if you don't see anybody in the stands, like I think right with that being said, I think right now would be a perfect time to boost it up because nobody can go out to the games. Everybody's home watching. Maybe people have more of an appreciation of women's basketball if they saw it. I don't know. I, I'm not a, I'm not a big, big, big sports fan. You just fan. raised a really valid point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they my, already don't have fans in the stadiums. Why right. not capitalize on that now and try to get right. people interested? Because that's my first thought. I was thinking about, all right, it's not going to look put weird. On TV, it's not going to look. That's exactly. It's not going to look because weird. Because I was just thinking about what you were saying. Like, all right, if you support it, you show more of this and that third. I said, okay, all right. What do those games look like? You barely have anybody in the stands, so that's not going to look good. But, but right, now, right now, there ain't nobody can in the do stands. That. Um, but see, it's it's deeper that's than thing, that, bro. Because we can sit there and go back and forth. You know, I, the people who are worried about the money versus the morals and all, they can go back and forth all day long and make create arguments. But I think the bigger picture is there is a disrespect towards women 
and their abilities to whether it's play the game through the a- athletics or be able to to run that whole situation. You know what I mean? Now I don't know the details of who runs what and who who has the official say and say, you know what, we want to let it go and let them run it on their own. Um, so, somebody interesting to whoever's see. Whoever's in charge right now should not be the person in charge in the future. They should let somebody else take it and see what they can do with it because I think part of it, okay, is that like if you are in college and the WNBA only pays, you know, $100,000 a year, I'm already in college. I can just find a job that, like I could just ride this out and find a job that pays me more than that. I think there'd be yeah. more incentive. Like, Candace Parker's a, a commentator already. Like, she has right. been for years. Like, right. she knows what she's talking about. Like, she's great with the X's and O's for sure. Mm-hmm. She knows the terminology. She she argues with Dwayne Wade. It's great. But, like, there's actually a really good segment. If you if you didn't see the highlight of it, it was, I believe, uh, Dwayne Wade, Shaq, and Candace Parker all arguing about how to play defense. And it was... Like, brilliant minds. Like, all right, three right, of them right, know right, what they're right, talking right, about, right. although Shaq definitely was stuck in the 90s and the other two were right, but yeah. still. Um, <laughs> he was like, what about that? Like, that's not how that works anymore, big guy. Calm down. Um, but in, in all seriousness, though, like, she's got to be paying – she's got to be getting paid more to be an ESPN analyst now than she was making in, in the league. I would almost bet money on that because, yeah, like yeah, – for sure. She's on, like, in, like the NBA primetime and shit. Like, it's not like – or, you know, whatever it is she's on. Yeah. Uh, so, I think like, – TNT, I'm sorry, I think, but whatever. Yeah. They got to be paying her more. Yeah, so they they have to do something because we we also discussed this a little bit beforehand. Uh, the WNBA's quote unquote golden uh, golden goose uh, unfortunately passed away in a helicopter crash uh, in January 2020, which is uh, Gianna Bryant. For anybody who's wondering, she her name alone would have brought so much attention and revenue to the WNBA. Sure. And I yeah, said... Somebody, somebody that, balling with the name Bryant. Mm-hmm. So I said that her passing away was the worst thing that has ever happened to the WNBA because that was their, like, golden ticket to, like, super notoriety. So they have to... And there, there's a lot going on, I'm sure, behind the scenes. Um, but this instance with the NCAA is, in my opinion, is just uh, an example of just systemic oppression it's not like the most egregious thing ever but like you can't expect for a league to grow when the women on the highest stage in college are being provided all these substandard right equipments and and, and mm -hmm. arrangements and options and that's the issue it could be argued that you know what is a woman's game because i was thinking about this all right how many girls do you know have aspirations to play sports in general. Most boys, you know, want to play sports or have played, you know what I mean? But when it comes to guys and girls, generally speaking, I would say there's a higher percentage of boys and men who want to play sports, you know what I mean, as a professional career versus women who are, who enjoy it, but do they really want to be, you know what I'm saying? Now, yeah, in due time, that will grow, but you need for these leagues and stuff to have, be generating more money and be bigger for them to actually want to from a young age. You know so, what I mean? Um, real, real, real quick though. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I don't think that's happening right now, but I think it will happen later. But when you have, like you just said, Dan, the systemic stuff going on where you're not treating them the same, it's not going to grow to the point where a woman has a chance. Because when um, what's the young girl's name? Uh, here from Philly, Taney School, the the, the pitcher, Monique, uh, Mo- Monique, Monique something. Yeah, she was dope. You know what I'm saying? And she could probably point taken. She, 
You know what I'm saying? She and she's doing her thing. Now, where can she really go? It's not too many because I mean, she plays basketball and I mean she plays basketball in the All Star games, all type of stuff. So yeah, she can she, play. She just as good as she can. She's pitch. never going to be able to play baseball professionally because there's no women's league and right. there's just softball. And to in be college. honest, yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the highest level. She she could theoretically play with uh, the boys at her age mm-hmm. for a while and be able to compete and still right, yeah. pitch with them and stuff. Oh, yeah. But there's going to be a point in time where she probably is going to reach a physical peak where she's probably not going to be able to consistently throw a, a ball fast enough to be a pitcher anymore. Right. She, could she play in the league? Sure, she could probably play in the league. We've seen many of the greatest hitters of all time not be able to hit for power. Like, it's not a thing that's uncommon. Derek Jeter is one of, like, the greatest shortstops in MLB history. He's got a bunch of championships. The man has, like, 100 career home runs. Like, mm-hmm. he has, like, 3,000 hits. You don't need to be able to just consistently hit for power to be effective right. at, at the game of baseball. Right. But she will not be able to pitch at that level. At that right. at, at, at that speed, she could pitch, but, like, Jamie Moyer threw an 80-mile-an-hour fastball, and that wasn't great for most of his career. Right. Definitely would not be and, able and to stay that in the was, league now. That was, like, 30 years ago. It feels like it, but he was in the league, like, four or five years ago. But he, he, he threw... Back in like 2008, he won the World Series as one of the starting pitchers in the Phillies rotation, throwing like an 80 mile an hour fastball. Like that'll never happen again in baseball. Not the way these hitters are now. Not today. Not not if, in this if league. If you don't throw like 92 plus, you're not going to be throwing many innings, if any. Right. And Even in minor league baseball. Yeah, because you need that velocity. And there's going to be a time when she's not able to to throw at that right. velocity. So, basically, she, the physical yeah. limitations yeah. between the gen, between the sexes is is one of the reasons why one sport you know excels or is more popular than others. Right. And that's well, also it's, why it's, it's not that she can't play. There's just no leagues in baseball. Right. That's, that's no. It. No. No. I agree with that. But I'm also I'm I'm just you know off the top of my head, I'm just thinking about like what can be done. I think that has a lot to do with the fact that sports were created by men. Right, it's something that's physical, and by nature, men are in, more into things like that. Not to say that women can't. My point is, in due time, how long should it take? We can't say. Can we stop some of this nonsense that's going on to help it push along? But we do have to look at the other side, like how many women are really wanting to be in that level versus women who we don't yeah, know. We don't know. That, that's we that's never tried at. to find out. Right, and I think that's why it's a great conversation to have because. Some of the arguments, for example, going back to Tracy McGrady, low on the thing, I think that's a great idea because they're women. It is not to say anything negative. There are things that women can do that men can't and things that men can do that women can't. Well, you know what, though? They can dunk. They can dunk. And but but the percentage of a five-foot-seven man can dunk. But Webb can dunk. A five-foot-seven well, five woman. Spud Webb was a special five-foot-seven man. He was, so. but, I, but I know cats in the street who five-foot-seven, five-foot-eight, who can grab rim. No, I know that. I, I, Average I, woman can't. I, I know, but it's not like it's impossible. And it, I, if they're fine playing the way that they are, I say leave it the way it is. But someone's got to market the product better and well, pr- put the resources into it. Like, I think the problem is that, like, we haven't tried to find out how many women would like to play baseball or softball professionally because there's a lot of college teams. I'm sure that there's people that would love to, but, like, 
Who's paying for that right now? That's And that's the problem. I don't how, know. How do you convince people to go into a line of work that doesn't exist? That's so you thing. have to give them the option. They need to find out. Someone should start a league. The MLB should do it. And I think yeah. somebody, but I think somebody will argue if there's that much of a demand for it, they will create it for themselves. Why should why should a league or anything be you need created? Money. You need backing, that's, financial that's, backing. It's, Who it's, has the money to start a sports league? It's, plenty, it's not it's not like back do. when the NBA started, where you could run into red because everything's like fucking three cents. Like people act like like. The NBA was for, formed by mergers where people were going bankrupt, where teams were going bankrupt. That's right. what formed the NBA. Also, basically. also during the time when I'm pretty sure a lot of women weren't clamoring to play the sport yeah. in what? general, college, high school, yeah. everything. Like back, not, not to say there weren't teams yeah. because Sherman Miller's dope as ever. You I know, mean, and we got not not to cut you off, bro. Yeah. We got plenty of female athletes from the 40s and 50s. But there was like a break in like the fifties and sixties. I had to look into this because it goes back to what we were saying about the NCAA making money. I think, money I think, and I more think it's what like America kind of shifted to. Yeah. I, think, I think America shifted to. The, I mean, that's when they had like home ec classes. Right. Like they would teach people. They would teach the girls how to do like housework. Right. Like right. because that's what they wanted them to aspire to. I think that that's, that was a a change in American culture because that was when. We started like the industrial movement and oh, shit the like war that. war and all the type of yeah. stuff. Women all the do, yeah, shit that all no all longer exists right, in this country. Yeah. Right, 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 right. And that's the, I think all of that has to be thrown into the argument. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not saying that. Oh, no, you know, I, yeah, I agree yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah. I think we're on the same page. We are. It's yeah. just that right now, with the money and resources the NBA has, like yeah. if y'all can figure out how to pay Mike Conley that contract. Yeah, facts. Y'all, y'all can yeah, figure yeah, yeah. out how to put who, a couple dollars into the who NBA. Who just got a like, $250 million, I think Damian Lillard got a $250 million deal, right? The Portland Trailblazers are ass. What a bill. They are ass, bro. They are so bad. But look, we don't need to talk about yeah. about yeah. the trash NBA teams right now. There's probably some WNBA teams that could beat the, the Portland Trailblazers <laughs> in a best of true. seven right now. <laughs> true. At, at the highest level, like they they are not good. They got CJ McCollum back and somehow are worse. I don't know how that happened, but whatever. Um, uh, real quick, since we were talking about sports, people, if you're listening and you have children, have your kids become athletes. And uh, academics. <laughs> this way, we won't have to worry about there's these n- things. There's you know no I mean? reason they can't do yeah. both. There's no it's, reason it's they can't li- do it'll, both. It'll, it'll, you know, extend their lifespan because they're they're active. They're in, in sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be something they can do. You know, when they're doing homework or something like that, it 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 gets them uh, socializing with people because that's one of the few things where you're able to be around people nowadays right, too. Right, you, sports. You, right. you don't have to. They don't have to go to Harvard. Like they don't got to be like Ryan Fitzpatrick. But like they could, you know learn to think for themselves that wouldn't hurt but uh i did mention dr seuss it, we're running late we'll talk about that next week uh we can make that one of our topics because dr seuss is going to the same word party that uh yeah uh, papa john hey, was man, at but don't be surprised, y'all. Don't just be surprised. just so you know guys again though we condemn hate we condemn racism it does not matter who that hate or racism is against or targeted mm-hmm. at it does not matter who is committing these acts and atrocities what matters Damn, so that was someone well, what matters atrocity is, right I, now. I, 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 hear, <laughs> right. I hear them sirens and I got warrants. So, with that wait, being said, is that, is that yeah, you, don't, you ain't got no goddamn warrants. How many, how many <laughs> the only warrants you should have are for those videos right of you after you, after you <laughs> got out of a uh, Novocaine induced coma when you got uh, your wisdom teeth pulled out last week. But, uh, nah, for the Gray Area Podcast, this has been Mike Marks. This has been Omar Salim. And this has been Afro Dance Wisdom Teeth. Peace, niggas. Oh, man. <laughs> just just so y'all know, this man really said he heard the perkies calling. Heard the perk. Like, that's the first thing he said was I heard the perk, <laughs> I heard the perkies calling. He said, Shout out to future. And it's something about uh got his wisdom teeth taken out, all three of them. Yeah, all three of them. Then he said, I feel like I got cotton in my mouth. 
We went from picking cotton to now them putting cotton in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I can't make I'm, this up. He gonna, he gonna have to post this to the page at some point. Yo, I was I was woke as fuck that morning. You was they should have put you back to sleep. <sighs> Where's fucking Doctor Umar Johnson when you need him? Oh man, uh, probably yelling at somebody in the street. He gonna fuck around, and yell at you, then. <laughs> Let him catch you into this podcast. Mess, messing like, with oh, those man. white women, right? I mean, to be fair, that's, that's for another episode, though. All right, you can close it out. All right, peace. To be fair, I'm dying. <laughs>